constitutional right to vote, and Joe Biden is going to protect it for us. I'm, I'm very happy. How about you? You pleased with that? Uh, the problem is that um, President Biden uh, thinks that drive-through voting uh, is okay. And he thinks that you don't really need an ID to show that you're an American citizen in order to vote. Mm, uh, you know, no. So I, I'm thinking back to 17, what, 92 or something like that, uh, when maybe we had the covered wagons uh, kind of galloping up to the polling place and handing out the vote to some Oh, thank you. Instead of just kind of walking into a polling place where there can be some regulation, where computers tabulate the votes in an orderly manner. No, no, no. We have to drive through now. Maybe we get a milkshake. Uh, maybe we can have a, a kiosk there along with your ballot. Come on. This is just blanking nonsense. All right. I mean, if you want to vote, you should have two ways to vote by mail and whatever the state says you have to do to vote by mail, you do. And the second is you go to the polling place like I do. You see your friends and neighbors. You go into a place where there's a curtain. You vote and you go boom and they tabulate it right there. That's all. No drive through. No, we, we don't need that. We'd like to cut down on voter fraud, right? Joe Biden, president of the United States. Wouldn't you kind of like cut down on it? Make it harder to steal votes? Wouldn't that be a good thing? That's kind of like the sacred right to vote, that all votes are legitimate. Not kind of sneaking in and having boxes here and there. And three weeks after the vote, we still don't know because... That sack over there hasn't been counted yet. No, no. One day, you should have a little run up to the day, maybe two weeks. All right. And then after election day is over, that's it. No, no late votes. No. All right. You either vote or not. And to say that minorities can't get an ID is insulting to minorities, isn't that? I mean, you know, everyone in this country can get an identification of some kind free, right? So what, minority can't get it? They can't figure it out? How biased is that? Well, all right, so Joe wastes, Biden wasted our time, wasted our taxpayers' money, Air Force One had to go and come back and all that. It was simply nothing. What he should have been talking about and by the way, let me get this out of the way, and I'll tell you what he should have been talking about. Jill Biden is going to the Olympics uh, to head the U.S. delegation. Uh, the Olympics begin on July 23rd, so she'll go maybe a day or two in advance. And uh, Joe's not going. No Joe at the Olympics. Now, that's okay, because if you want to be fair, and I always do, 2006, Laura Bush went, 2012, Michelle Obama went, uh, 2018, Mike Pence and Second Lady Karen Pence went. So Joe's busy. I don't know what he's busy doing, but he's busy. He can't go. Jill's going, and I hope she has fun. Watch the COVID, Jill. Everybody in Japan's got COVID. No vax there. All right, so what Joe should talk about 
is the terrible inflation uh, in June. Worst report in 13 years. Now, I'm not going to be a pinhead about this because I know your inflation and your eyes glaze over, but this really affects you directly. Okay? So the consumer price index increased 5.4% from June to June 2020. Big jump. So you know, I know, we all know, except Joe, because Joe doesn't pay for gas, uh, that gas up buck, maybe a buck and a half more than it was this time last year. We all know that. Food up, pretty big. And you know what they're doing with the food? So a lot of companies don't want to raise prices on food, so they put less in the cereal box or in a candy bar or whatever it may be. Put in fewer things. So I'm hoping you don't know. That's inflation. You pay the same price, but you get less. So my wallet, when this came in, jumped. So I got dollar bills in my wallet, and they're not worth as much as they were in December 2020, just eight months ago. Okay? So Joe is in charge. Joe Biden. Shouldn't he be speaking about this? Like, here's my plan. Here's my plan to get inflation under control. So you don't have to pay more at the gas pump, at the grocery stores, and a restaurant. Now, the, if you want to buy a car, don't buy the car now. Car prices are like crazy because they can't get the parts and the factories aren't up, all of that. But the main driver of inflation is that Joe and his legislation is pumping trillions of dollars into the economy so the feds can send money to everybody. Now, some of that had to happen with COVID. We know that. But Joe's like six, seven trillion. Yeah, keep it up. Pump, pump. Now, when you pump that much money, when the Fed and the Treasury Department physically makes that much money, the money already in circulation goes down in value because these dollars flood in. That's what it is. I'm no economic genius, but I understand that. Now, final word on this. If this continues, and I believe it will, the Democrats are absolutely toast in the 2022 midterms. They'll get just wiped out. And even states like New York and California, Massachusetts, Michigan, you know, these kinds of places, Illinois, the folks are going to go, you know what, this isn't working out. These woke Democrats, these people... You combine the border, you combine crime, you combine the race tensions, you combine everything, and now uh, gas is 4 or $5 a gallon, not working. That's what's going to happen. Now, if the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, believe me, and you know, it's razor thin now. So uh, then Joe, is he won't even have to go anywhere. He'll just sit there in the Oval Office going, hi, I'm Joe. Sacred duty to vote, hi. Because he'll never get anything through. That includes the Supreme Court. That includes anything. He can write as many executive orders as he can. The state governor is just going to go, eh. So I hope that happens. I have to say, I'm not an ideologue. You know that. Um, but I think Joe Biden is really a bad president so far. Maybe he'll make a stunning comeback. And if he does, I will tell you. Okay. Let's bring in a guy who really knows about your money. His name is Alex Green. He is the Oxford Club Chief Investment Strategist. Now, um, full disclosure, I do business with Oxford Club. I've known Alex for years. I've been with the club since 2003. 
That's 18 years. They've done very well for me. It's a financial newsletter. I want you guys to know that up front. But when I want to know something about the economy, I ask Alex because he's a smart guy. And, you know, when I first joined Oxford Club, they didn't know. Bill O'Reilly, it could have been a million Bill O'Reilly. They didn't know it was me. And then they kind of figured it out of maybe a decade later. But anyway, here's Alex, and he's coming to us from Virginia. So would you add anything on the inflation front? Did I cover it so everybody could understand it? I think you did. 5.4% is the headline number. Biggest increase in inflation in 13 years. And that was before uh, the big recession of 2008. That's when the inflation number hit its high mark um, 13 years ago. And then boom, do you expect a boom now? Do you expect a big recession in the Biden administration? Uh, Well, we we have a a lot of good things going for the economy right now. We have ultra low interest rates. We have enormous post-pandemic consumer demand. We've got all this fiscal stimulus, too much fiscal stimulus, really. I mean, we learned during the Obama administration that a crisis was a, a terrible thing to waste. Now we're learning that Democrats think a record recovery is a terrible thing to waste, too, with all the trillions of dollars in spending they have lined up. Um, But it's just a a combination of a strong economy, low interest rates, uh, and people are, are, the markets are thinking that this inflation is transitory. That's that's the word the Federal Reserve keeps using, but we'll we'll see just whether inflation is here to stay for a while or whether it's going to just be a passing phase. I I don't see it being a passing stage, Alex, because there's no solution to it. If you're going to wipe out the fossil fuel industry, which the Biden administration certainly wants to do, and you're going you're basically saying to the American people, we're, we're going to make a bet that this is going to help on global warming. So we're going to wipe out the fossil fuel industry in the sense that no more drilling on uh, public lands. Uh, we're going to make regulations. So everything's going to be higher. Once gas and um, energy goes higher, everything goes higher. You know that everything in the right. country and, and are... hinges off that. So so prices right. have to keep rising under this kind of a climate. And Biden can't back off now. He's the global warming warrior. Right, right. Now, I would agree with that. The increase in the price of energy, oil and gasoline, was a big part of the jump in inflation. But even if you take the volatile food and energy out of that number, core inflation was still up 4.5%. So that's much higher than what economists were expecting. All right. So I'm not expecting any relief from the Biden administration. I'm not predicting a recession because you do have a post-COVID world where there will be more spending by the consumers. People will be out and about more. But they're going to have to. What's going to happen is the working man and the poor man and woman are going to be more impoverished because the little they have is going to shrink in value. So fat cats, that doesn't bother them so much. They lose 5 percent. So what? But if you're just living from paycheck to paycheck and your paycheck doesn't go up, but your expenses do, that's going to hurt the working class, is it not? Absolutely. Their money is not going to go as far. That's the whole thing with inflation is your your money's not worth as much when you go to spend it. So so, yes, it it hurts consumers and uh, absolutely is something that uh, needs to be considered and uh, will be a big factor in the in the midterms next year. Okay. now I have a, a. a fairly robust audience all over the world. And most of uh, the people who watch us have assets. I mean, we're, we're a program that you really have to have some kind of frame of reference and, and, and people know what's going on. 
many people are afraid, I know that because they write me, um, that there is going to be a recession. The stock market is going to tank. Are you, Alex Green, in your portfolio, in your family planning, are you protecting yourself at all from the possibility of the stocks going down and a recession kicking in? Right. Well, that's always a possibility because no one can consistently forecast what the economy is going to do or time the ups and downs of the stock market. So, so yes, I am protecting myself. Every investor should be diversified. You've got something to take advantage of the good times and something to protect your assets during the bad times. Uh, I will say this, that while when we have higher inflation, people say, well, now's the time for gold or for commodities or for real estate. But the, the truth of the matter is the highest returning asset of all time in, in inflation and non-inflationary times is a diversified portfolio of common stocks. And the reason okay. for that is... Yeah, you've said that many times, and I don't want you to give financial advice, but I, I put stop losses on my stocks, all right? And you recommend doing that. Maybe 15, oh, yeah. especially if you have profit, yes. you got 15%, 20% profit. So you, you tell your broker, you sell the stock if it hits this level, all right? So you keep yeah. most of the profits that you have. But a lot of people have mutual funds, particularly in IRAs and, and, and 401ks and things like that, where they, they don't have stocks. And those people are going, you know, if I, I'm 77 years old, I'm, I'm coming to the end. But if I get killed and I have my, a lot of assets and stocks, it's really going to hurt. Is there anything, any advice you have for those people? Well, aside from the diversification, which is a key part of that, you shouldn't be fully invested in stocks if you're in your late 70s, for instance. But uh, but the stops you, you mentioned are a wonderful tool to protect yourself with your individual stocks and your exchange-traded funds or ETFs. And, and all that means is as long as the stock is trending up, you continue to hold on. But if it drops, for instance, 25% in value, you would sell at the market. You don't just ride something all the way back down and let your profits right. slip through your fingers. So just a tool that you can use to make sure that if the market keeps going up, you're still participating. If things flatten out, start going down, you've limited your losses and protected yeah, your profits. But the mutual funds offer no protection. So you're in, you're in, whatever happens, the funds reflect what happens. Final question for you. Um, you wrote a column a few weeks ago on the attack on wealth in America. So we all know right. the socialist movement, Bernie Sanders, AOC, uh, Biden, maybe he's not a socialist, but he certainly sympathizes with that crew. Um, and there's an attack on wealthy people. My problem is that many wealthy people, visible, you know, are arrogant and they're greedy and they put forth a terrible example. And people, even maybe conservative, traditional people, find it very hard to be sympathetic to that. So. When Biden comes out and says, oh, I'm going to take more money from them. When they die, I'm going to come in and take what, they're, what they have and, and all of this. There's not an overwhelming resistance to that anymore in America, is there? No, but, but then, I, you know, Bill, when I was a young man, even as a kid growing up, my, I looked at people who were economically successful as someone that I wanted to emulate. I, I thought, you know, there goes someone who maybe is a little sharper, maybe works a little harder, maybe took some bigger risks. And I, I do think the mainstream media creates the impression that anybody who has become economically successful, and there's a lot of them, according to the Spectrum Group, uh, there are over uh, 13 million millionaire households who have a net worth of a million dollars or more, excluding their, their primary residents. 
Uh, and the idea that these people are all just greedy and selfish, I mean, I'm sure it describes some wealthy people, but I know a lot of very, very modest, humble, uh, wealthy people. But we know that it's not that they're the, the greediness and the selfishness that got them where they are, because if you're greedy, no one's going to give you a dime until you provide a product or service or labor to that they'll pay for. And they don't get uh, rich by being selfish and thinking about yourself, you get rich by thinking about other people. What do they want? What do they need? How can I provide them with something better, something faster, something longer lasting? I, I agree with you, but well. the, the problem is that the, the hardworking millionaires, the people who have built themselves up like me, I mean, I had zero money coming out of Boston U uh, with a broadcast journalism degree. I had to borrow money to buy gas to get in Scranton, Pennsylvania, my first job. Not a sob story. I succeeded in a marketplace and I believe in capitalism. But when you have uh, social media companies, tremendous wealth, billionaires, right? And they use their wealth and power to suppress freedom of speech, to ally themselves with uh, progressive units, to uh, push the woke philosophy. These people are doing a lot of damage to the upper echelon of uh, earners in the United States because the association is that they're dangerous. They have too much right. power, too much money, and that they're intruding on all of our freedoms, which in some cases is true, is it not? Right, right. Now, I do think it's a shame, Bill, that some people who've been very fortunate and worked hard and been successful uh, have demonized capitalism for others, and it's, it's a shame. And I think the, the biggest part of this is what economists call the lump sum fallacy which is that if somebody like a Bill Gates or Oprah Winfrey has more than the rest of us necessarily have less, and that's simply not true. Money grows, wealth increases over time. That's why the GDP increases. That's why median incomes go up. That's why household net worth, which at a record up $13.5 trillion last year goes up. So it's not a matter of, of those greedy people are taking money that would be going to the rest of us. It's that we can all become wealthy if we follow the habits. That yeah, you if you if you do what's build. necessary. But some of us don't have the ability, unfortunately, to do that. They can get a skill and they can make a nice living. Final question. You, you write about ProPublica, this far left uh, journalism outfit that got leaked uh, tax returns from the IRS, which is clearly a federal crime. But I don't think yes. the Biden administration is going to prosecute ProPublica or try to find out who leaked those uh, IRS things. We live in a country that doesn't really enforce the law anymore. We see that everywhere. No. Last word. No, it, it, it's a good reason for abolishing the IRS. You would think if as an American taxpayer that your return when you submit it to the IRS is private and will stay that way and that it's not going to be hacked and then published. Uh, and what ProPublica did, of course, was to create resentment against wealthy people by taking their income taxes and dividing it by their total net worth, which no one pays income taxes on their net worth, uh, and making it look as if the wealthy don't pay yeah, they don't, taxes. They don't pay, right. But that's what ProPublica does. So where's the Justice Department going in and saying, hey, you published uh, private materials, a federal crime, come with me, here are the handcuffs. They won't do that, will they? Yeah. No, I would like to see that, but no. Yes. Okay. And that's the corruption of our country right now. All right, Alex, thanks very much. We always appreciate having you on and stay strong. Thanks for having me. All right, so Biden uh, this week had to deal with Cuba. And how did he deal with it? He didn't. Instead, he went to Philadelphia yesterday and gave this insanely dishonest speech about voting. And I talked about that in detail on the Hannity radio program today. 
and we have it posted on BillOReilly.com. And I said it was a disgraceful speech, and I mean that literally. So the President of the United States is telling the whole world there are states in this union that are actively trying to make it more difficult for black people, black Americans to vote. But Biden's saying it's not true. It's not. All these laws apply to everybody equally. Got to have an ID. Got to see if you're in this country legally and who you are. Okay? Got to fill out the mail-in vote properly. Okay? And drive-in voting? Why do we need drive-in voting? Unless you want to get a milkshake and some fries at the same time. Why do we need drive-in voting? Get off your butt, get out of the car, walk into the polling place. Is that too much to ask? African-Americans aren't going to do that? It's just maddening to me, a very logical problem solved. It's maddening. So Biden here, he spent his whole day going to Philadelphia, giving his propaganda speech right out of Havana. Oh, I don't want you to vote. What a bunch of malarkey. I think he'll understand that word. Maybe not at this point. That's infuriating, and that's why I'm so hard on Biden. It's not ideological. It's him. And if he can't do it, he should say that to the American people. So in Cuba, what do you do? And again, Hannity asked me this as well. Very tough. Very, very tough. You can't encourage people to get in the boats and go the 90 miles to Florida because that's a dangerous hike. Number one, the Cuban boats will shoot you. Number two, there's sharks all over the place. Number three, it's the riptides and currents. I've done that. I've done that trip. Okay? Very difficult. So if you say, hey, get in the boat, come here, we'll give you asylum, then tens of thousands of people are going to put their lives in danger. You can't do that. Military action, out of the question. Can't do that. Nobody in the world would support it. Okay? So what do you do? Well, what he should have done, instead of going to Philadelphia to give this propaganda, dishonest speech about voting, was to go to Miami and say, hey, the United States is backing this protest, and we're going to do everything we can to ensure that the people of Cuba get some human rights. And we're going to start by cutting off everything that we send to Cuba. And everybody else, we want to do that too. You do the same thing that you did with Iran. Sanctions all over the place. And therefore, the corrupt government in Havana, what are they going to do? They got nothing to begin with. That's what you do. You try to bring down the communists from within because those people over there are ready to do that. But no. Biden goes to Philadelphia and gives this unbelievably dishonest speech because he doesn't know what to do about Cuba. You know what? I don't want to get anybody mad. You know, the Obama administration, they, they love the Cubans. Remember the president himself and all watched a baseball game. And I didn't criticize him for that. I said, all right, maybe you can get inside their minds and maybe they'll change. Maybe you can persuade them, Barack Obama. You go to the game, you know, maybe you have a plantain, and you can persuade them to be better people. Okay, give it a shot. They did, nothing happened, got worse. Then I went over there. And I took my 12-year-old son so he could see with his own eyes what communism is. And he did. 
Those people over there are frightened to death. They're, they're cracking down now on those protesters. You mean, that means a knock at three in the morning. You come with me. That's what that means. Where's Biden? Oh, I, I, uh, uh, in Texas, they, they won't let you vote five days after the election. Uh, this is Jim Crow. Damn. You see? I hope everybody understands. You think I'm being unfair? Bill at BillOReilly.com. I want you to just give it to me. All right. Now, the Republicans, instead of capitalizing, as I just did, and I think I laid out my case fairly persuasively, all right? And we have a very weak president who is actually harming the United States. I didn't even get into the border or inflation or violent crime or any of that, okay? But he's harming us. So you think the Republican Party would coalesce around that, all right, and say, see, you may not like Trump, but Trump did a lot of good things. We didn't have this chaos. Or here's our vision for the future. If you elect us in 2022, we're going to fix these problems. That's what the Republican Party should be doing, right? No, 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 no. Here's what they're doing. 30% of Republicans think the vax is a conspiracy. Not gonna get it. No, said we don't trust anybody. Okay? Then there are the crews that try to justify the Capitol break-in, the riot on January 6th. Oh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> oh no, no, not that bad. Now, if Antifa had did it or Black Lives Matter, those people should throw hand grenades at them. And you know them. What I'm saying is absolutely true. So you got the vax deniers, mainly conservative people. You got the, wasn't that bad on January 6th. And then, added to that, you got the election was a fraud. Can't get over it. Now, maybe the election was a fraud. Every piece of information that comes across my desk, I analyze. I'm not one of these people that isn't going to look at it. I'm going to look at it. Comes in here, I will look at it, and I will tell you if it's valid or not. Because I said from the beginning, there were things in that election that were fraudulent, and there were. But the Trump administration could not get it together with forensics and analytics and hard data to make its case to the court system. Instead, Mike Lindell ran around, Rudy Giuliani ran around. Did anybody think that was going to get anywhere? So whether the election was fraudulent or not, it's over. You go ahead to the next election, Republicans, conservatives. Okay, so let's re recap. Vax deniers, primarily on the right. Uh, Capitol riot, not so badders, primarily on the right. Election fraudsters, primarily on the right. What good does that do in the quest to overturn this horrible progressive democratic movement. What good does it do? One caveat on this, you don't have to take the backs. You don't want to take it, don't take it. But I told you from the very beginning, you're going to be denied opportunity in this country if you don't take it. That is what's going to happen to you. And you have a much higher percentage chance of getting COVID itself. Those are facts. But if you don't want to take it, government can't make you take it. 
So I just want you to know that. Now let's bring in Alex Clark. Uh, she's a young conservative, uh, works for uh, Turning Point USA. She's the host of Poplytics um, on Instagram. Poplytics. Very good, Alex. Thank you for helping us out. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. All right, so where am I going wrong here? I gave you the three things conservatives are doing wrong right now. Where am I going wrong? Okay, well, the first thing you're wrong about is that Joe Biden hasn't done anything to help the American people, Bill. Of course, you're forgetting he saved us 16 cents on hot dogs. So that is one of his big wins of this administration. I wasn't aware of that. How did he save us 15 percent on hot dogs? He said he saved us 16 cents. Remember, on 4th of July, that was their uh, big post on the 4th of July was, congratulations, Americans, I saved you 16 cents on picnic food. So uh, I'm just kidding about that. But um, I would say I agree with you on, you know, when it comes to election fraud, the left really, when we keep talking about this, they just see it as us refusing to lose and being in denial. Um, and I do agree that we need to stop harping about that. And just really the, the, the way to move forward from the election is to start doing things in our own local communities to get rid of voting loopholes in our own states. Um, I'm also sick of hearing people talking about uh, the voter fraud stuff. However, I disagree with you on the Capitol riot stuff. The reason that it is still being discussed constantly with conservatives is because it is continually being brought up by the left. They're the ones that are saying in every interview, um, you know, this is the worst thing since the Civil War. This is the worst thing since 9-11. So we're talking about it because we are responding to their asinine comments that they keep talking about. But why do that? Let them them make asinine comments. Why waste your time refuting the asinine comments? Because the issue is fairly clear. You had a bunch of Americans who violated federal law, who by force broke into the Capitol, all right, and were threatening Congress, which was in session. Okay, acknowledge that happened, and let's put it in the rear view. Shouldn't it happen? We hope it never happens again. We don't justify it. Whatever the left says, they say, but who cares? It's over. Wouldn't that be the logical way to do it? Yes, but you and I both know that the left will never let that go. So why? The Republican Party will be painted forever. They will bring it up every time that let they have them. a chance. Let them. You can overcome that if your vision of the future is better than Biden screwing up the whole country. Let, let them say whatever diversion they want to say. Well, go ahead. 
doesn't matter. The majority of the American people are in the middle. They can be persuaded. That's what the Republican Party has to do in 2022, persuade them that Biden administration is hurting them and a Republican is going to help them. It's as simple as that. Well, I think when it comes to persuading people on the left as we look forward to uh, 2022 and 2024, I know that you're sick of this vaccine stuff, but that is one of the biggest things. Uh, mandatory vaccinations and critical race theory are two of the biggest things that are resonating with voters right now um, that piques their interest and garners the most engagement online. And I host a conservative show online. Um, my whole career is social media, and that is the number one thing that is playing well with voters, is discussing those two things. Okay, and I understand that, and I don't mind the engagement, and I think it's a positive thing if you engage on the vaccine, unless you go into loony land, unless you go into conspiracy land. If you say- That is true, but I- right. How weird is it that this week Biden said that he's going to uh, he wants to start fact checking our personal text messages now? If but we he can't the do that. See, that makes him look like a loon. He can't do it. He won't do it. It's unconstitutional. Nobody can check your medical records. It's against the law. So well, he could say whatever he wants. And all conservatives have to do is just say what I said. He's a loon with all due respect to the presidency. He can't do it. And the vaccine is a positive for this country. What the Republicans should be doing every day, every way is saying Donald Trump got that in seven months and that was a miracle. And compare us to every country in the world. And the first thing I said when I saw President Trump in April was thank you for the vaccine. It's the first thing I said to him. That's what every Republican should be saying. You see what I mean? What you and correct me if I'm wrong, you're in the react business. And to some extent, so am I. I'm reacting to the weakness of Joe Biden. But I also think ahead. And I want these guys out. I want the Bidens and the progressives and the Me Too's and the cancel culture. I want them gone. And the way to do that is to put forth a better, more positive view of the country. It's going to help everybody. Am I wrong? No, you're right about that. I just, I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to get like DeSantis or somebody like that, that can kind of be that fresh, new face Republican Party that's going to be able to take us from that. And then let's just hope, I guess, that, you know, all of these things that are being brought up, what you're saying is true, that, that the left or people that are at least in the mushy middle, as far as voters go, are going to see Biden as a loon and be like, you know, what? I, I don't know if I'm necessarily conservative, but I'm not this. And so that's I'm right. Going to be voting You've got to galvanize the big middle. One more thing. The progressive left are experts at baiting conservatives. Okay, and I bet you you've fallen into this trap because I know I have in my past. Now, of course, I'm unbelievably brilliant, so I don't anymore. But I did um, in the past. They bait. All right. So they'll say something about the Capitol riot, for example. They'll say some insane thing about it, like all of these people wanted to kill Vice President Pence. And then the Republicans will, will react to that. That's called baiting. You bait people in to debate something that is ultimately destructive because then to try to justify your position, it looks like you're justifying the riot. You see what I'm talking about? It's a, it's a very sophisticated propaganda principle that you bait your opposition into a place where ultimately 
they're going to lose. Last work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I would say, you know, and that's what a lot of these trolls online do is they say things like that and want you to react. And you just have to remember that, you know, not all of us are lawyers. We don't have to show up to every single argument we're invited to. So when you get these crazy messages online or crazy comments on your Facebook posts or replies to your tweets, you don't have to respond to every single one of them. And I had to learn that out when I started out on social media. Right. All right, Alex, uh, stay cool in Phoenix, Arizona. At That's almost impossible, Bill. <laughs> I, I know, nice place. I love Maricopa County, but whoa. Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot for helping us out. If we can ever return a favor, let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Olympics. So, Tokyo. Um, I've been to Tokyo four times. I don't really like it. It's too crowded. Uh, takes forever to get from Narita Airport into uh, the town. I like Kyoto, a beautiful town, not affected by World War II. Imperial used to be the imperial capital. I mean, I could spend a week in Kyoto. Tokyo, not so much. So Tokyo's working on its fourth state of emergency in the last two months. Okay? So this state of emergency goes from July 12th, um, a few days ago, to August 22nd. The Olympics go from July 23rd to August 8th. So when the Olympic athletes are competing in Tokyo in and around, all cities under lockdown. Why? Because only 15% of Japanese are vaxxed. And again, I bring it back to, we are lucky here in America. We're lucky we had a president that got that vaccine. Okay, do you think Joe Biden could have gotten that? <laughs> he would have been calling about voter fraud. Anyway, maybe that's unfair. So um, in Japan, there's a mess. They're going to have the Olympics because of money. The Japanese government's uh, already invested $15 billion, or probably another 15 before it's over. NBC's about $5 billion investment. Uh, when you got money like that, you're going to have whatever you want to have. So these athletes are going in there. Now, I understand 80% of the athletes are vaxxed, but I don't know that for a fact. They have to get tested. But there's no mandatory vax for athletes at the Olympics. In the meantime, here in the United States, uh, COVID cases are up 94% in two weeks. So we got another surge. And this is the pattern behavior all over the world. So it goes up, it goes down, it goes up again. Okay, so 94%. Still not the way it was, 23,000 daily average in the USA. But it's double what it was two weeks ago. All right, now. Though 
Worst states for COVID right now are Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, Kansas, and Louisiana. Low-vaxxed states. Everybody understand? If you don't get the vax, you could get COVID. You got a much bigger chance of getting it. And then you spread it. Okay. So in the United States, we're going to have this. And I will recommend to you, you stay out of those crowds. I'm going to go to a couple of concerts this summer. I'm going to go. I'm, I'll bring a mask, whether I wear it or not. It depends on how many people are near me. But, you know, even though I'm vaxxed, you got to be careful. It's not 100%. But this Olympic thing, it's just shaping up. Uh, um, you know, I actually said a prayer last night to protect those athletes over there. And there's not going to be any spectators, but I don't want this to be bad. I hope I'm wrong. So there are going to be 42 different venues in and around Tokyo. You know, it's good for the world. The world needs relief. It needs to watch it on TV. This provides relief. It's good. The athletes, they train, train, and train. I was an athlete. I know how hard that is. I don't want them, you know, not to have the opportunity, but I'm just seeing danger. All right, Germany. Now, I don't know how many times I've been to Germany, but a lot, a lot. It's beautiful in the South, Bavaria, all that. Love that. German people, uh, you know. Did you realize the biggest ethnic group in America are German-Americans? Largest group. Um, but Germany still has underneath its liberal facade this kind of totalitarian view. Listen to this. So YouTube and all the social media, very big in Germany. What Berlin is doing is fining them if they violate people's rights. So a German court is ordering YouTube to pay 100,000 euros, that's $118,000, because it removed the video of a protest against COVID lockdowns. So YouTube took it off, just like they do here. All right, and Facebook and all of them. And German court says, no, no, we're going to find you. I said, wow, we doing that here? No, we're not doing that here. That's the solution to this censorship problem. Although the liberal courts in the United States, I don't know if they're going to be off the mark. But if you could get a fair hearing and there would be a law saying you cannot remove political speech, and if you do, we're going to find you a half million, a million dollars. They would stop. So Germany's doing it. Caveat. If you put violent stuff on any social media, it should be taken off immediately and you should be reported to the authorities. Any kind of violence at all, any kind of threats against anybody. No. That's not free speech. That's danger. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by 
faith. All right, here's the final thought of the day. We don't do a little, we don't do a lot of foreign news here. Because most of the time, Americans are interested in, you know, what's directly affecting them. But I'm a big foreign news guy. The best place and the easiest place is the Daily Chatter. Go to dailychatter.com, all right? So every morning about 7.30, 7 a.m. East Coast, they send you um, a printout on your cell phone of the big stories around the world, but it's, they're compact. It's not, you know, you can do four or five of them. So today I learned a lot about COVID all over the world, all right? And I learned what the terrible heat wave in British Columbia, Canada, the damage it caused, it, it was horrific. Horrific what happened up there. British Columbia. So this information, and that's why I like the Daily Chatter, I mean, it's not ideological, it's just giving you, well, all right, here's what's happening in some very remote places around the world. So if you like foreign news, if you're interested in the world, this is easy, all right? And it's fair. Dailychatter.com. I use it. All right. That was, uh, I like that show. I thought that moved along pretty well. Again, if you have any critiques, if I'm being unfair to Joe Biden, please let me know, and we'll see you tomorrow.